I came here tonight. I didn't know what to expect. I seen a lot of people hating me, and I didn't know what to feel about that, so I guess I didn't like you much none either. During this fight, I seen a lot of changing. В течение всего этого боя я понял, что многое изменилось. И я почувствовал, что вы тоже изменились. Situation that you ever had to respond to that's adverse. Messiest thing you've ever gone through is your purse. Yeah, I don't try like hell, but I might as well hang it up like a shelf. Gotta keep wrong with it evolve. Cause you can keep throwing shit at the wall, but you're gonna find that nothing's gonna stick until you apply yourself. Time to slip in that zone till I find myself inside the realm of the unknown and boldly go in the waters where nobody else has gone before. I'm willing to go uncharted, feeling it so bomb. I'm feeling myself all the time. Sometimes I gotta remind myself that I am for Every ounce in my blood, every breath in my lungs Won't stop until I'm free, not you know However long it takes, I'll go to whatever lengths It's gonna make me a monster Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 120 of Doom the Monkey. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I'm joined by... Hey, Lauren, hello. Oh, guys, we, we're, both, we're both seem a little bit kind of mellow today, don't we? Um, yeah, I, I think we're going to have to pump up the... Uh, the, the mojo, I yeah, think. Um, can, can you pump up mojo? Is that something that can be pumped? I, 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 I think we can, we can stick a valve on it and give it a few good kind of pumps to see how, how we can go. Um, I, I'm very excited for this one. It, it, it quite simply is ridiculously probably my most anticipated movie of the year. Um, uh, this yeah, week we are reviewing um, Hands on Squares and Southpaw. Uh, why is one of my most anticipated movies of the year? It's a boxing film, and boxing films are great. Fact. Uh, also, it stars Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, who is just 
knocking it out of the park pretty much all the time at the moment. But more importantly, it is written by some Vanity writer and creator, uh, uh, Sutter. So very excited for that. Before that, we're going to give you some trailers. Then we're going to take you some through some what you've been watching, including something that I know Ian will want to talk about. He had a film that he was incredibly impressed with. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so looking forward to hearing about, about that. Uh, and uh, we'll probably tangent off at some point, I'm sure. And I think we do actually have a couple of questions this week to uh, to answer. So, Ian, anything else to to add? Has anything happened this week? I quite literally haven't had a chance to be on any form of social media or anything. So, if anything's happened, there could be like a major announcement and I will have fucking missed it. No, I don't think so. Um, no. I mean, just a slight tangent. Um, just while we were getting started, I was having a look at Showtime's Mission Impossible. Oh, yeah. Right. How much does an IMAX ticket usually cost? Yeah, okay, that's not too bad then. The, the, the only reason why I ask, um, uh, the, my local cinema, the showcase, they just installed um, their version of IMAX. Yeah, yeah, premium large format. That's it, premium large format, yeah. I, I, I saw that on the, on, um, I think it might have been a trailer for... Uh, yeah, it might have been. Um, but like, the, the thing is, they've got a Dolby Atmos in there, oh. so so it's like I'm kind of more intrigued because of that than the large screen. But they say it's a wall-to-wall screen, um, so I was just looking at how much it was going to cost, and it's um, yeah, I mean, Mission Impossible is not in 3D, which is good, um, and it, it's basically it's going to be 1330. That's not too bad. Yeah, like peak time as well. I was having a look at half seven on Thursday night. Um, but yeah, I suppose that's pretty comparable to IMAX. I I could take that. It's not something I'm going to do every fucking week by any means. And no. if it's like if it's 3D as well, then no way because you have to pay. Pardon me, pay extra for the fucking privilege. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the, the privilege of being forced to watch something in in horrible format. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I I. Like Mission Impossible, I think it's probably one that I would like to see big. Yeah, so, I, I don't blame you there. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, uh, yeah, and I, I'm excited for uh, to hear Dolby Atmos as well. I've not heard that yet because we we went to see Lucy at the IMAX in Leicester Square, didn't we? Yeah. And the poster said it was in Atmos. Yeah. But then the guy, like the manager, was just like, "Fair enough." He actually told us before we went in. He was yeah. just like, "Yeah, no, that was a mistake." <laughs> yeah, um, he was he was ridiculously kind of honest about that, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, and about the like the IMAX installation and yeah. whatnot. Yeah, he was, he it, was. It, that was interesting. It was quite refreshing, actually, as well, to, to talk to somebody who works in a cinema who actually, you know, seems Seem to give a shit fun. and seems to know yeah. his shit as well. Yeah, it's um that that is a that is a rare old thing. I mean, Jesus Christ, I knew that from when I worked in the bloody cinema. It's amazing, for, considering that most of the jobs in a cinema are so low-paid. It's yeah. amazing the amount of people who don't do it because they like cinema. Yeah. Um, like, uh, yeah, but anyway. Um, but okay, no, so £13 odd seems all right. I assume we're doing Mission Impossible next week. Oh, yes, I'm, I'm very, very up for Mission Impossible. I'm going to try and um, do a bit of a Mission Impossible uh, rewatch as well this week, uh, try and take in the, the four films. It, it, it's a... Uh, it's it's a series that I really actually quite like. Um, to be honest, I've, I've I've I like all four of the films uh, to an extent. Uh, I think there's there's some high points uh, within it, and I think Gross Protocol wasn't uh, at points fantastic, but I still I find them incredibly watchable and incredibly kind of enjoyable movies. Uh, so 
I'm, I'm really looking forward to, 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 to Mission Impossible 5. It looks... It looks like it's kind of... It's got a bit of bravado about it in the trailer. And a bit like, do you know what? This is, this is fucking good. We've made a good movie. It just it feels a little bit like that. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I think they are very, very confident about it. I mean, the fact that they like pushed up the release date five months—that's insane. Mm. Um, and and yet they still managed to do it. And it looks like it's a very authentic, non-CG, old school, but still Tom Cruise doing ridiculous shit yeah. kind of film. And it's like, yeah. That that will do very nicely the tail end of summer. Why not? Yeah, they, they want, that's they kind of they've seen it at a spot and gone. Ooh, do you know what? Let's take on summer. Let's go for it. Let's push. Let's push five hundred million. I mean, to be fair, it was either that or they opened like the week before Star Wars Episode Seven, and they would have one week. Yeah, that's it. And then they'd be done. And what they're going to get? What it's a couple of weeks? Two, three weeks? Four weeks? Well, years? I mean, there's Fantastic Four the week oh, after, the week after yeah. and that might not go for exactly the same audience and also Fantastic Four is such an unknown quantity at the moment anyway mm. and the week after that's the man from Uncle so yeah. which would which is going for the same audience yeah. and I've heard good things about that so I'm I'm very excited for Man from Uncle it's what it's going to be my birthday film so you know um yay um but yeah, that's the thing. I think Mission Impossible could. The, I mean, the the last one was the highest grossing of the lot, and I think it did like six hundred and fifty ish. Yeah. Um, I could see this one clearing five hundred. But the thing is, like, also that Ghost Protocol was released around Christmas time because I remember it was like I I tested the print at work like the day before christmas eve it was my last shift before christmas it was like right brilliant get to chill out and watch a mission impossible film to kind of ease myself into the holiday brilliant um and so that's the thing it didn't that didn't have an awful lot of competition whereas even though to be fair there's not a lot of competition now at least not for the opening week like it's a couple of weeks after ant-man mm. um you know in the u.s pixels hasn't done too much over here it's competing with Inside Out, and it will happily compete with Inside Out. I'm sure, not because Inside Out is going to do badly, but you know, it's Different the marketplace yeah. is very, yeah, the marketplace is very open for both types. Yeah, absolutely. For instance, my my nephews who are both um, 15 and 13 will probably be going to see the Mission Impossible film. They wouldn't go and see Inside Out, but um, that's the audience they're going to pick up for sort of Mission Impossible. It's not going to... You, you, you're going to have a slight crossover audience, but also there's enough audience out there, um, I think, to fill it, especially with it being the kids' holidays as well. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for... I'm going to re-watch the Mission Impossible films as well. I won't suggest us do a show just because I know how pressed you are for fitting stuff in at the moment so i don't want to lock you in for having to do four films uh, it'll be one of those things where if, if i get to watch all four of them we'll, we'll do we'll do a special mission impossible show is what I'd yeah say. okay all right that's that's fine well we'll run with that then i started what um they i i was in my local sainsbury's a couple of weeks back and they had the first four on blu-ray for a tenner oh God, that's not bad that and it was like boom that's yeah a, that's a solid buy that in it you know because there's, there's rewatchability in those as well this is it. I mean, like, even though I will say I'm about half an hour into Mission Impossible, the Blu-ray transfer is terrible. Is it not good? It's terrible. Um, and it's it's fucking. It's not even like, the audio is just Dolby Digital 5.1. They haven't even bothered giving it like a, a, a DTS HD or a Dolby True HD. I think it must be a really early Blu-ray. 
But like seriously, man, it looks like an upconverted DVD. Oh. It's really soft and smudgy. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I, it's going to be like, I've got a feeling that the quality of that and the quality of the Ghost Protocol Blu-ray is probably <laughs> going to be night and day. Yes, you'd, 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 you'd fucking hope, wouldn't you? Oh man, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it as well. I, I rewatched the first three before Ghost Protocol, but um, so the last time I watched the first three was in the run up to that. I haven't seen Ghost Protocol since the cinema. I remember liking it, not loving it. Um, so I'm I'm kind of up for seeing how I am with it now. Well, I, um, I was I was the same with Ghost Protocol. I I was quite lukewarm on it the first time I watched it, and then on second watch, it it, it flowed loads better for me, and it kind of I went I was, I was a bit like. Actually, you know what? Yeah, I, no, I, the, the 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 concerns that I had before and it, it felt a bit baggy kind of worked, and the the, the set pieces felt a little bit more impressive. We'll say. Mm-hmm. No, okay. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So, you know, hopefully there'll be a Mission Impossible special next week. Otherwise, you'll certainly hear me talking about them anyway. Yes. So, um, oh yeah, you're running the ship. So yes, uh, right, uh, Ian. I'll, I'll let you go over any trailers you might have seen this week. I think there's there's not even many out, but there's been a couple out. There was a biggie, wasn't there? As well. uh, yeah, I mean, well, I suppose we'll do the biggie down. I'm assuming, I'm, I assume you're talking about Spectre. Uh, yes, I was. Yes, I yeah. wasn't talking about the um, trailer for... I don't fucking know. I can't even think of anything shit. <laughs> trailer for Experimenter, yeah. yeah. Um, but massive, massive. Um, oh, I've just pulled my fucking mouse out. It's USB thing. Um... I don't even need my mouse at the moment, but it's going to bother me, because otherwise, <laughs> hour I'm going to be like using the mouse, it's going to be like, what the fuck? Um, sorry, bear with me. Oh, this is exciting, isn't it? What the fuck? <laughs> Jesus. There we go. Dickhead. Right, okay, Spectre. Uh, yes, please. Um, it's it's pushing all my buttons. Um, it's got bits, uh, apparently, like, rearrangements of the Honor Majesty Secret Service uh, main credits theme uh, that Tom Thomas Newman's apparently done just for the trailer. I want it actually in the film. That would be nice, please. Um, yeah, I'm I'm very very excited for Spectre. Um, Brad uh, Porter, um, uh, long term friend slash nemesis. Um, uh, he, 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 I was having a Twitter com- conversation with him the other day, and he was saying that like he thought it would be really good if. Christoph Waltz is a complete red herring and Monica Bellucci turns out to be the new Blofeld. And that's really interesting. Yeah. I like, I, but it's the, how, could, really, that would be amazing if Christoph Waltz is just completely one and done. His character, like they're saying in the publicity, is called Oberhauser and his dad was James Bond's skiing instructor when they were young or something like that. It'd be great if it was just like, yeah, he's a one and done, and it's going to be Monica Bellucci pulling all the fucking strings, and then she's going to be the one for the next few films. And Bond, like, Bond fucks Blofeld, you know, or something like that, and then it's revealed that she's Blofeld. Yeah, that that, that could work quite nicely, couldn't it? Oh, my God. Like, that would that would be incredible. And let, let's be honest. If, if ever there was a, a person that was born to be a Bond girl, it is Monica Bellucci. Mm. Even She's though so Bond girl, <laughs> I will say that would be a slightly similar thing to Sophie Marceau in The World Is Not Enough, um, yeah. where you know she turns out to be at least in cahoots. Actually, I think she. I haven't seen The World Is Not Enough in years. I think Robert Carlyle t- does turn out to be a bit of a red herring in that. 
and he's actually Sophie Marceau, Marceau's hench, hench lady. Yeah, 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 because they kidnap him for some reason. I'll be getting to the world is not enough, so I'll I'll, I'll talk about it then maybe, but um, like in the weeks to come. But yeah, I'm 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 very excited about this. I mean, obviously you're far more ambivalent on Bond. I mean, what did you think? That I am yes. Um, I I, I really enjoyed uh, the first two Daniel Craig ones. I know yes, I even Quantum of Solace, uh, but Skyfall I, I was less so on board uh, as everybody else. Uh, how many times definitely. have you seen Skyfall? Twice. Oh fuck! All right, so it wasn't just a once thing. No, I mean, I, 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 I you're a fool. But... I, I did give it another go. I, I, it, it is good, but for some reason, just just bits of it just just didn't work for me. To be honest, I may right. give it another go to see if I am just being a, a, a miserly little dickhead. Um, yeah, but the first trailer for Spectre, I was a bit, you know, the the, the teaser will say I was you know, all right. Yeah, it just feels a little bit more of the same. But then this, the proper first trailer, I, I was, you know what? This looks fucking great. Um, it looks it looks bondy, but it also looks like it's again it, it's confident and it's it, it's about to fucking unleash something. Like they they know that they're doing something. You know, it's, they've got something special there. Whereas I think it, it's almost like in waves with it. You have the first sort of when the, the Casino Royale, it, nobody really expected what actually happened. It to be as good as it was, and then. Quantum of Solace felt very much fuck we've got to do another one and it felt quite rushed that's uh, a writer's strike film and yeah exactly yes that as, as well and then of course Skyfall then kind of readdressed that balance uh, and this is it's almost like Quantum of Solace was a sequel to Casino Royale and this is a sequel to Skyfall in, in some kind of weird sort of quasi way but it does it, it, it did make me go alright yeah I, I, I want to watch that film now Please. Uh, it's the retconning of um, the quantum organization, I think, mm. is going to be really interesting because it's obvious that Spectre basically is quantum. But how they how they address that, because you've got um, the character, Mr. White, who yeah. turns up in Casino Royale and the start of Quantum of Solace. And he pops up here as well. So obviously they're linking the two. And it, it's I mean, because, you know, for those who don't know, basically MGM or, or um, Eon, the Bond production company, they got the rights back to Blofeld and Spectre um, after Kevin McQuarrie, um, who previously had the rights um, after he co-wrote Thunderball. Um, they got the rights back and Quantum basically were going to be the new version of Spectre, but now they've just got Spectre back, so fuck it, let's just go back to Spectre. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it's it's going to be very interesting. I mean, like, because... Like where, like maybe Javier Bardem's character in Skyfall, maybe he was bankrolled by Spectre or something as well. You know, you got Christoph Waltz saying, "I'm I am the architect of all your pain." Yeah. So it's like everything that's happened since Casino Royale has that basically been down to yes. Waltz or maybe Bellucci. It does appear so. That and that's really fucking interesting. That mm. bit, that bit is really interesting. How they're gonna sort of tie all that, and it, it does feel like they're they're going big here. Really I mean, big. I think they're going to do this one, and then the next one, I think, is going to be Craig's last one, and it's going to be a bit of a, a of an epic conclusion, mm. and then they'll they'll start not maybe not start right over again, but I've got a feeling Ray Fiennes probably isn't going to turn up as M in more than two or three. Yeah. Um, you know, I, you could see like Naomi Harris and Ben Wishaw maybe carrying on, but 
it'd be it'd be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I saw someone the other day saying Dan Stevens for Bond, and that's so fucking perfect. I can't even yeah, I can't even begin. That 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 could work very well. It, it, it's 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 an interesting one. It will be the next Bond because. Craig's been incredible. I think. I think he's been. He's been very good. He's been perfect for it. Um, and you know, he's gonna when he does sort of leave. Like I say, I, I, it would seem to make sense that the next one be his, his last. It's whether or not they go for rounds at the same age, or whether or not they try and pull quite a lot younger. Because I mean, what was Craig when he first did it? He was in what his mid to late thirties, I think he was, wasn't he? I think he was late thirties. Yeah. yeah. So you, you you think they'd sort of go for around sort of that age again, and then you've got a good kind of like ten to twelve years worth of of bond there. And that's I mean I could see it's just Dan Stevens. I could see him maybe bringing a bit more of the suave back to it as well. Um, I do I do like the gruffness of Craig, but I do miss the all right. He looks right in a tux. Yeah. Daniel Craig. Like it always kind of feels like he's wearing it because he has to. He, yeah, he, he's... he's he, he, that's not a criticism, no, it's just, it's mean, just he, Craig's Bond. Yeah, he, but... he, he's, he, he's brought a physicality, I think, to Bond. A, 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 a brawler, I would say. It's, yeah, no, I just I want Dan Stevens to like activate fuck mode, basically. Yes. You know, and, and, and like just you say, it, it would it'd bring back, like you say, that he could probably still get away with the... The, the the grittier side of it, but yeah, it would bring a a, a suaveness back to it. I think a little bit. Mm. But uh, yeah, no. So Spectre, that's one I'm going to be watching in a premium large format. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, um, well, so Experimenter. I kind of referenced it earlier on. Looks interesting. Awful title. Awful title. Yeah. Um, it just looks wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm. It's going to be interesting to see how much more there is to it. Uh, did you watch this trailer? No, I haven't. No. Right. So basically, it's based on the guy who did that um, the the experiment where um, you have someone in a room and they're told to shock someone and then they're just like continually told to like increase the voltage. Yeah. And it's like you know that experiment. It's basically the story of that guy, but a lot of the trailer is focused on that experiment. So it's like, well, is it just really about that or? Um, or what? But I mean, interesting. Peter Sarsgaard of Monona Ryder, um, which is um, uh, I don't know, an interesting twosome. It kind of feels like a twosome that would have been something like ten years ago. Um, but <laughs> you know, but I, that, that, but fine. I, I, it, it looks interesting anyway. Um, what else? Uh, the Maze Runner, The Scorch Trials. Um, I'm glad they're not doing the same thing again. Um, it does look like they're actually going to bring some more mythology to it and and do some you know something different. It's just not them stuck in another maze. Um, I thought the Maze Runner was a perfectly good one off. I was I did kind of end that thinking like I never need to watch another one of these, but that was good. But we'll see. There's no way I'm going to the cinema to see it. Yeah, uh, I, I'm the same as, as you on that. I actually really enjoyed the Maze Runner um, and was going. Do you know what? I, I could quite easily do more of that. Uh, but then. Scorch Trials looks a little bit like, yeah, right, that looks a little bit boring. Actually, I'm not actually that bothered now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Also, um, Aiden Gillen and an accent. I don't need that in my life for two hours. Well, oh, Aiden, uh, you don't watch Game of Thrones, but Aiden, Aiden Gillen, it's like he's actually purposefully trying to do as many accents as possible <laughs> and get away with it. It's like every season he seems to fit on a, fix on a different accent and just runs with it. It's amazing. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, um, uh, Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. You don't even need a trailer for that at this point, but it, it looks all right. Uh, I mean, it looks good. I like the Hunger Games films anyway. Um, and the trailer for The Good Dinosaur, which I think looks fucking phenomenal. Uh, it the Good Dinosaur? Like, what's, the, what, what's this? I've, I've never heard it, of it. It's the second Pixar film for this year. Honestly, genuinely, I've not heard of this at all. So, yeah, this was supposed to be Pixar's film last year. Yeah. Um, but it basically got taken back to the very start. They, like, rewrote, recast everything. They basically cancelled it and started it over again. Um, and it's coming out in, like, November in the US. I don't know when it's coming out over here. I'd like... Uh, maybe not November, December, just because of Star Wars. I could see this maybe being February half-term over here, which would be really annoying. Um but yeah, it's basically in a world where the meteor didn't wipe out the dinosaurs and there's a dinosaur that kind of meets up with a with a human boy and they have to go on some sort of quest. But it looks like it could be wordless. Um, I suppose they'll probably... I actually know, I know for a fact there's a voice cast for the dinosaurs, so maybe not. But yeah, there is. It, yeah, um, it's really interesting. It's like photo real environments with like purposefully cartoony people and animals, um, which I quite like. It, it, it's it's kind of um, it, there's a kind of a dissonance to that that I think is quite um, artful. Um, but yeah, I, I I really liked it. I mean, like the the, the, the trailer was very stirring, um, and we'll we'll see what happens. But it it looks like it could be something special. It's it's nice to see Pixar doing a couple of original ones before they unleash the sequels again. Yeah, yeah, they they yeah they needed to a little bit, didn't they? Because and yeah, the next two after this sequels. Uh yeah, Finding, Finding Dory, Dory, and what Toy Story Four. Yeah, it will be. I, I think that. Yeah, I think that's right. And like, because Incredibles two, they're just kind of talking about that at the moment. So that's that's still a ways away. Um. So yeah, but yeah, it, it looks like great fun. And um, I think that's it for me actually. Cool. Um, I'll add. Um, what else? Have I watched. Um, uh, Mississippi Grind. Um, a a road movie. Um, about. Poker players essentially. You've got Ben Mendelsohn. It is a um, a grifter poker player, and who it seems like he, he he thinks he can't get a break until he meets what he decides is a lucky charm in uh, Ryan Reynolds, um, and then they go on a, a road trip to try and earn a certain amount of money so that Ben Mendelsohn can um, pay off all of his gambling debts. That essentially seems to be the, the plot. Um, Ben Mendelsohn and Ryan Reynolds in a uh, a poker road movie. Fuck it, yeah, I'm sold. Yeah, I'm that easy, sounds fine. I'm easy in on that. Uh, you know that it's going to have um, great performances because Ben Mendelsohn's always brilliant in stuff. Um, but also, well, you know, there'll be, be a bit of sort of dry wit in there, and you know, everything will be like seem it's like it's worse before it gets to be its best. It'll it'll be one of those movies and I'm I'm very much up for it. I doubt it'll end up getting a cinema release. It's probably one of those things that just kinda of crops up on VOD or Netflix out of nowhere, I would think. Um before we go, uh the Chris Evans I think it is is, is it his uh, directorial debut, I think mm-hmm. it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um it, it's from what it looks like is he's um he meets up with uh, Alice Eve um, 
when she has her bag stolen and he offers to help her out and and then they have that they share one night together um blah 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 but chris evans has done a few of these kind of movies uh, in between being um captain america and they're often quite entertaining because he's quite a you know he's quite a charismatic um, screen prefer- screen presence to have you know to spend 95 minutes with so it'll be interesting to see what he does as a director because he has um, sort of said um a couple of times that you know that what he sees after after he's done with the, the Captain America thing and the Marvel thing which is something that he's not saying you know it's getting boring or anything like that but he has kind of said that he would maybe like to take a bit of an extended break from from acting and does see his long-term career more behind a camera rather than rather than in front of it so it'll be interesting to see what what we get from him because he's you know he's a lot there's a lot more to him than just the the, the Captain America stuff mm. uh, beyond that uh, I think that is it oh uh, Freehold uh, Freehold sorry the uh, Ellen Page Julianne Moore um, they're a couple she gets cancer and then it's based on a true story um, and then has to kind of fight for, to have uh, her um, pension passed over to her partner played by Ellen Page because at the time in America you couldn't do that to somebody who was the same sex um, it looks a little bit Lifetime movie yeah it sounds a bit bleeding heart to me it does look like that a little bit uh, it's a little bit like Ellen Page has come out and then has just sat and waited for a role where she can play a lesbian does seem a little bit like that um, so yeah, that's 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 pretty much it for trailers for, for, from me, to be honest. Nice, cool, right? Uh, we shall play you a trailer for Southpaw, and then we shall get into uh, reviewing it. I expected a hard fight. You know, um, I put my family through a lot. The harder you fight, I get it. Let's go! Only now you've taken way too many hits hey. before you get off. You can't fight like that anymore. Think about her. I'm gonna tell you something. I love you. I love you. <laughs> so predictable. Man. The light heavyweight champion of the world, Billy Curry. I wouldn't be here without my wife, Maureen. Hey, Billy, why are you leaving so soon? Come on, keep walking. Baby, you ain't never been Wait, a real man. Billy, let that go. Let's go home. How about I take your belt? Billy, stop! Who took me in the No, 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 no! No, no, no! This court is aware of the tragedy your family has suffered, Mr. Hope. Nonetheless, you have chosen to demonstrate dangerous behaviors while having custody of your daughter. Dad? You need help, Billy. It'll be a year before your suspension is up, which means zero income. Legal custody of the child shall remain with Family Services until the father can demonstrate the abilities of a responsible parent. Please, please, I don't want to I'm sorry, please. Daddy, I want to stay with you. I want to live with you. You want me to come with you? No, man. I gotta do this alone. So what brings Billy Hope into my job? I'm looking for a job, maybe place a trade. You couldn't handle the rules here, man. I can't lose my daughter. I give you my everything. 
I know that you're mad at me right now. You I don't know. know anything. She doesn't want to see you today. Tell her I love her. Gotta let her hate you so she can get better. I am How'd you like to fight for that title? You think that you could beat Magic? Not without you. I'm gonna fight again. I'm gonna get my kid back. What chance is there that Pope could win? The cards are stacked against Hope. They said Billy Hope can't make it. Billy Hope is over. This is your time. This is your moment. You can control your destiny. Okay, that was a trailer for Southpaw, um, directed by Anton Verquay, uh, uh, written by Kurt Sutter, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Rachel McAdams, Forrest Whitaker, uh, Curtis 50 Cent Jackson, um, Naomi Harris, um, Blink and you'll miss a Rita Ora again. Right, uh, just, can, I, can I just say... Yeah. We're seeing the opening credits of Fifty Shades of Grey as well. Yeah, that's fucking amazing. That is insane. Yeah, that, that she. She's got a great agent. Yes, it's it, it, it's. I would imagine, uh, and I, I'm going to say this. This is going to sound really harsh, but I, there is not a thing, not not an ounce in my body that doesn't believe this is absolutely true. I would imagine that on cutting room floors there is ten times the amount of Rita Ora screen time than there is of her actually on screens from two one massive release and Southpaw's not exactly been a you know a, a, a small release granted it's not a a blockbuster but you know the Weinstein company have, have pushed this film it's know. pretty middle tier yeah, yeah, yeah you sure. know and she literally is seconds in it if she's got 25 seconds worth of screen time I'll be fucking shocked it's crazy. Um, story That's is funny. Uh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, story is uh, Jake Hall plays Billy Hope, um, boxer from New York City, and he is the light heavyweight champion of the world, undisputed. Um, and he um, appears to be getting goaded into uh, fighting a an up and coming newcomer um, named uh, Magic Miguel Escobar. Um, in this goading, uh, we see, uh, sadly, his wife is killed, and from there, his world falls apart, and he's got to build it back up again. Uh, Ian, Southpaw, uh, what did what do you think? Um, yeah, so I, I like Southpaw. Um, I'm very intrigued to see what you thought of it. Um, I think I already know, to be fair. I'd be amazed if I didn't. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's decent. Um it's it's got very, two very very strong performances from Jake Gyllenhaal and Una Lawrence who plays his kid, um, but it kind of does feel like a film that maybe was going to be something a lot more special and has been edited down into something maybe a bit more commercial and less so as a result. Um, there's stuff in there where I feel like there's connective tissue missing. And that connective tissue wasn't just cut for... It doesn't feel like it was cut for creative reasons. It feels like it should be in there. Um, I mean, like the, the first half of the film I found very interesting. The second half I found stirring, but in a I feel myself being manipulated way. Um, but 
Gyllenhaal and Lawrence are very, very, very fucking good. I also thought Rachel McAdams was actually pretty great in it for her rather limited screen time. Um, I liked that her character was not just, I'm in it for the money. Yeah, I want the money, 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 money. But at the same time, she still obviously enjoys the money. Yeah. Um, I I thought that was really interesting. I thought she played that kind of dichotomy quite well. Um, but yeah, I... <laughs> I like I I did I did very much enjoy it. I would watch it again. I'm not gonna. I I do think the Weinstein's. Well, I mean Harvey Weinstein maybe talked a better game than this film actually was, though. Mark. Yeah, um, Southpaw had to be pretty fucking special for me to get anywhere near. I I try and go into every movie um, starting at a six, and you either lose points or you gain points. Uh, but then there's the occasional movie where you just fucking can't help going in, going, no, this is going to be special. And the problem is with those movies is it can often be, if you go in already going, I want 8 out of 10. Um, the drop to a 6 can sometimes feel so much fucking worse than if sure. you starts as a 6 and just continues to be a 6. Um, so it, it was there was a point where I was starting to worry and think, what if this just isn't as anywhere near as good as I'm expecting it to kind of be uh, and then it, it was kind of when uh, the sort of, uh, the sort of few negative reviews started coming out about it I thought, do you know what, I don't give a shit because I like the director, I like the cast and I like the writer there's, there's literally no chance I'm going to be disappointed by this movie and you know what, I wasn't I yeah. fucking loved South Park um, it's it it, it it played into everything that, that I fucking I, I look for in, in these type of movies. It's fragility of man, broken man, um you know, rising back up in a fucking montage. Um it, it's a boxing movie, and let's be honest, boxing movies are fucking great. Uh I think Jake Gyllenhaal, quite simply, I don't think there is a better under forty male actor out there. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I've got a feeling I'm going to be arguing with you on a few points, but that I, I probably wouldn't dispute. No, yeah, I, I mean, the, the fact that he did this, and then he did that Everest film, which I'm very interested mm. by, and the, I mean, he did Nightcrawler, then Everest, then this. You know, that's that's some range. Yeah, uh, I mean, and I, I, I thought he was fantastic in Prisoners as well. Oh fuck yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so he's he, he's he's really he's being really fucking interesting. Um. It's we'll get into sort of like the the, the 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 more bones of it, but it, it very much is. It tells a, a, a similar story as, we, as we've seen quite a lot. But then again, it's, it's that type of fucking movie, so I, I think I could I could quite easily forgive it for that. Um, I was also quite heartened by the fact that my screening was packed. Uh, oh yeah, this movie. Oh, yeah. I, I I to be honest, I expected and thought, you know early afternoon screening of a movie that, yeah, it, it's, you know, it's at a few TV spots and, you know, a few trailers and everything like that, but I expected, you know, maybe me and a few other people, but no, it was it was pretty much, it was on one of the smaller screens, but still, it was a packed smaller screen, so I was, yeah. I was quite heartened by that. Uh, but yeah, getting more into the sort of meat of it, um, it, it, it's, in all sort of like the box films we've seen over the years, this one is the first one that I can sort of remember properly. <laughs> that deals with the immediate aftermath of what happens to a boxer after a fight. You know, we, we often see it where, you know, you, you'll see, you know, Rocky 
for instance, you know, you'll see him a few weeks later and he's still got a couple of cuts and, you know, you see that he's, as the films draw on, he gets that little bit more kind of, you know, the the effects of, of all he's done uh, start to take their toll. And, you know, by the time we get to Rocky Balboa, he's very much in the case of, you know, his movements are a bit slower. And he's, 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 you know, you can see that that, that many blows have, have, have taken the toll on it. But this gives us straight away, straight after, you know, quite a, a brutal fight, it gives, you know, a great moment where um, there's just um, Jake Hall and Rachel McAdams are, are, are talking, and she's talking to him, and he's, he's not able to answer her. He's, his words are just coming out. He's answering different questions that she's asking, mm. and she can kind of see this is this is getting worse. And he's, you know, he's he's answering the questions that she th- he thinks she's saying, and he's saying, I, "I just need to go in the shower." And there's just there's just blood just sort of dripping out of his mouth, and he can't, he physically can't move to stop. And it's it's the first time we've had a a, a a a movie like this show us that. And then, you know, when he, the next morning he wakes up and he can barely fucking walk, and there's all that. And it's it's that it's saying, you know, these guys, it's a sport, it's what they do, and you know, we expect them to come back from it, but Essentially, that this you know these guys have just spent you know what thirty five minutes beating the shit out of each other. It, uh, the, the, yes, the, the cuts and the bruises they go away after a time, but you know they stay, and it must be fucking. It, it's not just that immediate aftermath. There's there's so much happens after it, and it, that was the first sort of time i think we've seen that and it was that was really fucking an interesting angle to go down absolutely yeah no i mean that's that's the thing i do think stuff like that is interesting and i mean there's um there's quite an interesting little moment where he's giving that speech and the um escobar's there and like his mate's chatting and he's like you know shut up i want to hear him speak and though i got a sense there that like maybe Escobar was doing all this provoking and whatnot, not to act like not to rile him because he's a prick, but because he had to do it to get a reaction out of him because he had to do the fight because he had to prove himself. He, he does actually and, say that, doesn't he? He, he does as as they're walking out yeah. uh, of, of of that. He, he does say something along those lines to 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 Gyllenhaal, doesn't he? Yeah, and I mean, the the thing is, I kind of thought the film. Like I said, like I kind of said earlier, a bit earlier, I there's stuff set up for like the first hour or so that I felt like was going to get more developed and paid off, mm. and then it doesn't. It and also, I mean, this I'm a little bit bothered by the fact that the arc of him is not that he's doing the fight for. I mean, the, the final fight for. Well, I mean, I, sorry, I'm just trying to explain myself again. It, it's the fact that he's doing that fight, and it is kind of because he wants to get back up to that that uh, that, that level, and he wants to start over again. And I mean, yes, there's his daughter, but he's already got his daughter back by that point. It's money. That's what he's doing it for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like I I I don't feel like I can really connect with that as much. It kind of feels like his the battle I cared about is basically wrapped up. Like at the start, the, the court, the kind of the court stuff. Like he's swearing at the judge and he's livid. 
and then but it, as it goes on it, it you know it's 30 days later he's a bit like he's still pissed off but he's kind of holding it in and then the next time he's in court it's like right okay yeah you can have the daughter and then bang he's got his daughter back yeah there's still a couple more emotional scenes but i i, I don't know it kind of felt like the end I it think... was doing it for reasons that i i wasn't getting behind nearly as much I, I, the way I saw that was it was absolutely it. He wanted that for for two things. One, it was a little bit, in in a way, there was a a redemption against it, and it wasn't to avenge his wife or anything like that. But it was just to, it was so that it was so that he he didn't back out of that fight. And also, I think the fact is it was it was money. You know, he don't he don't want to raise his kid. You know, cleaning up in you know, uh, Forrest Whitaker's gym, you know, he'll yeah, have earned a handsome amount from that. Plus, I think there's there's a bit where, it, where when he says to um, his kid that he's, he's fighting again, it, it, there's a spark that sort of comes there that, that he sees in her, and it's a little bit like he's doing it for, you know, I suppose it's impressive because it's very much made clear by him to everybody that, that's all he knows how to do, and that you know he actually says to his daughter at one point, I, I, "I didn't do this. I didn't make the decisions. Your mom did that. All of that." And you know, and he, he says to for his Whitaker's character at another point, "You know, I didn't, I didn't make him. I didn't do anything. I didn't arrange anything. My wife did everything. All he literally did was write, fight, train, fight, train, fight, train, fight, and that that's it. And then." Everything's gone. He's kind of he's got to be a dad. Where you know, I've not seen he would have been because he seemed like he was quite a good dad beforehand. But you know, stuff like not knowing that he's got a phone, despite the fact that this this this, I I do I what you're saying about it. it, There there seems like there's more there. There really does actually, doesn't there? There seems like another half an hour in this movie. I mean, case in point, I mean, like 50 Cent kind of feels like he had some more shit going on. Mm. Um, but but the key, Naomi Harris, right, she's his daughter's, like, care, uh, care worker, basically. Mm. Fair enough. What the fuck is she doing at that fight in the end? How, like, how have they got to that position where she's there with the daughter and like it's not court mandated or anything like that but where's the stuff where Hall realizes how important that woman was to his daughter or that he maybe strikes up a relationship with her or something Isn't, like that i'm i'm glad that he didn't strike up a relationship with her yeah, yeah but are, are you also glad that there's no reason whatsoever why 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 she's there um, I think she's. I, I, I think it could quite easily explain that she's there because she quite literally. There could have been a scene where she could have offered to say, "I'll take her. I'll go with her." And That's to, all to you... him. And that, yeah, and that would have been. It would have been. It would have been a two-minute scene. It would be a two-minute scene where you know they're sat at the table and the what is it? And he's saying, you know, I, I, you know, you need to be with that. And she could have gone, "I'll take her. I'll sit with her." I mean, it, the thing is, it's it it, it it was distracting. I felt, I, I I like I was just why why the fuck is she there? I I don't I don't get it. She she doesn't do anything when she is there. And again, it kind of feels like maybe there were some scenes between her and Jake Gyllenhaal at that location cut out or something like that. Maybe, but yeah. I mean, I mean, 
And Forrest, I mean, the, the, the story of um, Hoppy, that kid, mm. that's brutal. Yeah. But like, that, that's, that is bad storytelling. Do you think? The, uh, let's have a reason why Forrest Whitaker's kind of like grouchy and uh, he has to have some, he has to have something to get over as well. But then when the fight starts, I mean, I think the film goes appreciably downhill as soon as the Eminem montage starts. <laughs> I think I was already well on board. I didn't think the, the, the happy thing was, what is it? I think that it gave him, it gave him kind of a reason to stop being as grouchy. I think a little bit. It just, I don't know, it, 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 like, you know, we should be, you know, we should look after Hoppy, his mum left. Oh, his mum left, yeah. A couple of scenes later, Hoppy's dead! I should have been there! His mum left and I didn't care, I didn't notice, I didn't do enough. I, uh, it was forced drama where drama wasn't needed, or, or... There were more scenes with Hoppy beforehand Hopefully, where his yeah. relationship with... Like, he doesn't actually have a scene with Forrest Whitaker. No. It's all Jake Gyllenhaal with him. Well, no, he, he does have... He has that one oh, scene that, where that he... one fucking... Yeah, that one moment. Yeah. One moment. It just... I, 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 that, that didn't, it didn't bother me at all. I, I thought it, it gave it gave Forrest Whitaker's um, character a reason to kind of go, actually, do you know what? Fuck it, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do this shit. I, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I obviously, I mean, you, you're you're in the tank, the tank for the film. Yeah, it's, and also, well, I, 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 I mean, think, it is what it is. I think but... it's one of those things as well where I, I think if you when you're familiar with um, the way that uh, a writer writes, you what get... disconnected? I don't think it's disconnected at all. How's it disconnected? Well, it just I, I the the leaps in in the film for me, Naomi Harris, um, Fifty Cent's character being like uh, his longtime friend. Yeah, he's in it for the money, but his longtime friend to actually setting him up for a fall. But it, 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 it's all explained there. If it makes money, it makes sense. Fifty Cent's character is literally just about making money for himself. He's a fucking I, boxing promoter for Christ's sake. I don't. Sake. It just he goes. I don't know. He goes from. Like somewhat interesting, conflicted character to money grabbing twat I, face. I think he's money grabbing twat face from the start. I I don't know. I, I the thing. It, I it, don't know. He's, he's there. He's there the day after he's won a fight. Trying yeah, to get yeah. Into or sign or shoving a contract in his face. Yeah, yeah, no, I I I get that. There's not a moment I think where he isn't a money grabbing. Their relate no. Their relationship has more warmth in the start. He's he's playing him. He's playing him like he's playing him because he can make money out of him. That's, that's that's what that's what I see all from him all the time. He's a fucking boxing promoter. Is that not just super derivative then? Is that re- really that? In- I mean, if we're doing it your your way, fair enough. Is that not really boring? Uh, it depends. It depends on whether or not you want to. It, it, you know, derivative is a, a very strange one, I, I, I think, with, with, in terms of for stuff like this, because it, it, it's a film that it is it is what it is. There's there's only certain things that can happen in these type of movies, and. They, boxing promoters are like that. They jump from fighter to fucking fighter. They they're not. They don't see these people as people. They're things that they can make money out. It's of. just. It would be interesting to have a promoter who act, like maybe genuinely likes the guy, but does have the. If, if it makes money, it makes sense. Is a like, horrible sport. Yeah, I, well, yeah, but I mean, like <laughs> that. That's what loads of films have told us. It would just be interesting. The thing is, if the film was as kind of 
ordinary in the first half as it as it is, I think, in like the particularly the last third, then I'd kind of say fair enough. But I feel like there's a lot of potential in in the film that by the end does get a bit squandered. I'm liking it less talking about it. <laughs> I think that there, there, there does seem like there is a, a little bit more. There was, there was possibly a little bit more there that didn't go into it. But what I did like about it, to be honest, was the fact that we did focus on one character. Uh, that it was, it was Billy Hope's story. It didn't try and bring too much of um, of magic into it or of um, Fifty Cent's character. These were just these were just people who came along uh, within his life. I, I, I don't I want too that. much of them. I just want I just want enough that makes it more interesting. Of them that makes it more interesting. I mean, Gyllenhaal and Lawrence, like I already said, they're both they're both cracking, and I don't begrudge. I don't begrudge them. I just, I feel, I, I, I mean, maybe not even the screenplay. It does, I, I would be very intrigued to actually read Kurt, Kurt, Kurt Sutter's screenplay mm. and see what got cut out because I, I genuinely think there's a good half an hour's worth of material that would have been better in this film, but it was already like two hours, ten minutes and you know, Weinstein we'll, had to make it commercial. We'll be interested to see if when it comes out we get an extended cut of it. I'd, I'd be very intrigued by that. I, I, could see, I could see us getting an extended cut, certainly. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, there's... I mean, to be honest, it's one of those where I, I, I really liked it, so I, I'm not going to... There's not that much shot and negative I can pull from it. I, I really enjoyed it. The, the fucking... The death scene for... Um, yeah, yeah. Cannons was fucking brutal. brutal. I mean, in a good way. Yeah, and, yeah. And it, it, it's, it was great because that fucking lingered for ages. And it was... You know, you see a lot of fucking people getting killed in films, but that... I, you, you fucking... You felt that. That was really distressing. And as a, oh, as yeah. a, a father-daughter kind of drama, the bit where his daughter loses his shit and basically says it should have been you, should have been killed. Fucking hell, that cut me in fucking two, that did. I mean, I kind of... Yeah, I mean, uh, from the performance, yes. From the... In the one scene she wants to be with her dad in the courtroom... The next time she sees him, she doesn't want anything to do with him. And the next time she's a bit standoffish, but yeah, she's kind of getting on board again. And then the next scene, yeah, she's chatting with him, playing Scrabble. And yeah, she slaps him about a bit. But then after that, that she, he gets her and everything's fine between them again. I, it, it just, the, the progression of these. And again, that's in, in the bit of the film that I just don't think is as strong. Uh, it, 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 like, it, I don't know. I, I was just less and less impressed with it. Uh, uh, you know, after around about the halfway mark, I was just less and less and less impressed with it. Yeah, not all, all, all worked for me to be honest on it. I thought it, I, I thought it had it, it, great emotional beats that ran through it. Uh, it kept me going. It, it, it's a two-hour movie, and it fucking flew by for me to be honest. I, I dug it. I mean, I, I, I will say it, it did fly by for me as well. I didn't check my watch once. Um, but, I, I, I mean, the, the end fight is staged really well. Um, it's a great and, end shot. It's a great end shot, the way they deal with that. Because it kind of, it happens in a snap, where it just goes bang, bang, and then it goes, and then it slows down after the connection's been made. Instead of what they could have done there was gone all slow-mo, but it just, it kind of goes... 
Don't know when you go, oh, I, oh, is that it? Whoa. I like I like the way as well that Gyllenhaal reaches out to punch again yeah. and misses. Yeah. But it's detail like that is 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 fantastic. Mm. Yeah, I mean that that stuff is that stuff is great. Um, I mean that that's the thing. I mean, like, I am a, a definitely not shit on it. I am. Um, I just I think that, that new shit has come to light. You know, there there is. I, I think there is a lot about the film that is poor, but the stuff that's good about the film is is great. I think this the the Jill Hall losing his shit in the fucking ring um, when Magic Men references his wife, and then you get the great moment of, of Forrest Whitaker essentially bringing him down and calming him down and calming him down, and then sort of just going to him. Getting him calm so that he actually, because he's not looking at him, is he? At all. Gyllenhaal is just, he's just caught up by rage. And then getting there eventually when Gyllenhaal sort of looks at him and he just goes, now go and get him. Oh, man, yeah. I, kind of, I, he, he's brought him down, he's brought him down and gone, calm down, calm down, you need to calm down, you need to take control. And then he just goes, now go and fucking get him. Isn't he like, now go kick his ass yeah, or something like that? It, it, it's just it, like... It's basically, it, it, it's, it's essentially, it's going, if you go out like that and rage like that, then... Two things happen. One, he's going to knock you out. Or two, you're going to kill him. Yeah. If you calm down, you'll beat him. And that's what we're fucking here for. No, no, absolutely. I mean, also, like, the bit where Escobar says all that shit to him and it cuts back to his daughter and, he, and she's just like, what just happened? Why, why yeah. is my dad, what's my dad doing? Why is he like that? And just the fact that it's, you can't see, like, it wasn't like he just, like, punched the shit out of him. She can't actually see, yeah. and it's confusing to her. That's really well done. I like that aspect of she's never seen him box before, and yeah. it's it's scary and it's upsetting. And you got Naomi Harris in the background, just going like, "Oh, I've got a free fucking trip to Las Vegas. This is amazing." There's a great moment where when he when it first starts, she gets up from where she's sat and moves further down towards the table to sort of sit closer to it all. And yeah, it is good, but that, yeah, where she's basically going, what, why did it, what, what's happening for that? Because she can see he's completely fucking lost his shit, aren't he? Yeah. Uh, and it, again, it's it's a fucking great performance from Jill and Hall. It really oh, it, is. No, I mean, it, it, like he is, he is fantastic. Like, I mean, yeah, again, you know, talking about this kind of stuff, I'm, I'm feeling more up on it again. You know, it, it just, I don't know. It, he goes, it's just... he goes to rage really fucking well. <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, um, the I, I don't know, just when he's snarling and whatnot, and he's just screaming in the ring. I mean, it's 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 very very unnerving. It's very scary. Um, and he's, so he's, yeah, he's got I, fucking huge for it as well. <laughs> oh god, yeah. I mean, no, no. I mean, the physical transformation is really very very impressive. I mean, the fact that he's played this guy and Lou Bloom in in the space of a year, I that's. That's insane. That's amazing. Mm. Um, and I mean, Gyllenhaal, he does just kind of feel like the kind of guy who just does what he wants. Like, it kind of feels like he's probably been offered leads in Marvel films and he's just gone, right, A, not interested in the script, B, no way you're getting me signing a nine-picture deal. And he doesn't have to. Well, I, I read a, th- a thing with him where, um, not with him actually, um, with um, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and they asked her about it. 
because he, he doesn't like interviews, does he? You know, he doesn't like doing PR for anything, does he? That's why he, he can end up being a bit of a surly bastard. Isn't it, there's actually a really, really solid interview with him yeah. um, on uh, with um, um, uh, on the Kermode podcast this week. Um, David Morrissey was filling in for Simon Mayo, oh, and nice. he sorry. All right, cool, yeah. Yeah, like from The Walking, uh, the walking yeah. Dead, the actor. Yeah. Um, he fills in every now and then. And he has a really good conversation with Jake Gyllenhaal. And because they're both actors as mm. well. So it's it's it kind of feels less PR-y and kind of slightly more actual actor process driven. Yeah. Whenever David Morrissey's doing these interviews. And um, yeah, he gets he gets some some really good shit out of Jake Gyllenhaal actually. Oh, I might have to give that a, a listen. But yeah, I and think it's I, on the Empire podcast last week as well actually, yeah, and he was really good on that. So yeah, it's that strange because I remember it, 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 my gentleman was, was saying you know about um, the same you, know, you asked about you know your brother's got doing some really good things. I think it was when Enemy came out. I know it was when Nightcrawler came out, and he said yeah, he's you know it, since he's done. You know, Prince of Persia. He, he, he said that that's it. He's, he's only going to do movies now that he he wants to make. And it's a little bit. It does seem like he's done the Vigo Mortensen thing of going. Been offered a shitload of money to make this movie uh, when you know when Vigo Mortensen did Hidalgo, yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. basically got offered twenty million and decided once I've done that, I can do whatever the fuck I want for the rest of my career. Yeah, and Jake Dunhall apparently has done the same thing. He took the Prince of Persia money and then has basically gone, "I can now for the rest of my career do what the fuck I want because I got paid a shitload of money for that." Yeah, I mean that that's I mean that's that's the way to go, isn't it? It's yeah. um, I don't know. It's you get like Mark Ruffalo signing on with Marvel. I you you guys people listening, if you've listened to like two episodes of the show, you know how much I like the Marvel Studios films. But it, it, I, I always kind of found it a bit weird that mark ruffalo signed on he kind of feels like one of those actors who kind of just does what he wants to do yeah i think well he 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 had had like a big break then he where he had for a good few years didn't he because he he broke his neck didn't he or something like that and he couldn't act for about two three years and so i think he he just takes the you know takes the ball as it, as it as it rolls and just goes do you know what fuck it and i, I think part of the uh, his, him taking on that will have been you know there'll have been discussions of look there isn't going to be like three hulk movies you're going to be able to go off and do x y and z yeah, i suppose the, that's a good point yeah in, just in, do, in, the, in the interim whereas, do an avengers film every couple of years whereas like chris evans who's got to like turn up all the fucking time yeah exactly it, it, it's a little bit like that i think yeah so uh, well south park i'll what i'll say there is i'm, I'm a definitely not shit it, it, it quite simply it, it's one of my films of the year to be honest i i absolutely adored it but then again it it, it literally is like they sat there and went we're you know we're making a movie for this guy uh, yeah i mean it's shooting fish in a barrel i mean like yeah. anton fuqua would would have had to have like filmed a steaming pile of shit for two hours yeah and i, I i'd have still gone that was pretty fucking compelling Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, it's just it's 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 one of your kinds of films. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it, it's to be honest, it's like Marvel Studios with me. Like what other people seem to think is deeply average, I'm like I had a really good time with that. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's. I, I, I'm just very glad that it didn't disappoint me. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, 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 no, it's no, exactly. Definitely not shit from me. Yeah, I mean, it's like I say, uh, like I said before, it's definitely not shit from me as well. 
if there's a longer cut, I'm fucking watching that. It kind of feels like Zodiac, where like I don't even want to acknowledge the existence of a theatrical version because what's the point? Yeah. It kind of feels like if there's a director's cut of Southpaw, that it's going to be that for me. You never know. Maybe Rita Aurora will get some more stuff to do. I, it, I, I reckon if there is a director's <laughs> cut of Southpaw, Rita Aurora will be in it less somehow. <laughs> just, that is, like, seriously. <laughs> Honestly, guys, it is literally. You think. Oh, that's Rita Ora. Oh, she's clearly going to come back into it later. No. 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 What she literally does is she says, he ain't here. He ain't here. Um, have you got some money for me? Have you got some money for me? Where are you going? And that's it. That's about it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, mean, the thing, I mean, it's like literally, though, like, do they just put her in the opening credits because they think, oh, maybe we'll get some some of that fat Rita Ora cash, you know, from yeah. like, from, or, or, or is, is it just a, like her agent is literally like, yeah, she'll be in it. If you've got opening titles, she's got to be in them. Or if you've got closing titles, she's got to be one of the main featured people. You know, it just, why? Yeah. It, 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 somebody out there is desperate to make Rita Ora happen. And it's just not. I mean, that, yeah, I and mean, the thing is, if there was a director's cut, literally, her character only has purpose for that one scene. Mm. So it's not like Naomi Harris, where it does feel like it's a couple of missing scenes. Her character has one purpose. It's in that scene, and then she n- it never needs to be in it again. Mm. It's uh, like That is fascinating. I would love to know the story behind why the fuck she's in the opening titles. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's got to be contractual. And just the fact that it was that and Fifty Shades of Grey. And Fifty Shades of Grey, she probably has about the no, she probably has less lines in that. She's on screen more, yeah, but she probably has less lines. It, 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 it's like you say, she's got a, she's either got a really good agent or a really fucking shitty agent, or she's just terrible. No, she's got a great agent. It's just like, why? Why? <laughs> yes. Anyway, cool. Uh, go on, then, Ian. Um... Do you want to give us some of the what you've been watching? Um, yes. So I, um, I've i been on a bit of a Pixar tear this week, actually. Um, so I'll just speak briefly before uh, coming up to uh, their latest. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't do my usual OCD thing of um, running through all the Pixar films, but... Uh, I'd watched uh, Toy Story, Toy Story 2, and The Incredibles not long ago. Um, so I kind of had those in the bank already. Uh, but I, I watched a few. So I watched Ratatouille, um, which I really like, uh, apart from the the, um, the, the lead human. Um, I don't even know who the vocal performance is, but his character's rubbish, and I don't care. I, I, I want to focus on the rat and his love of cooking and his wanting to be accepted in the human world of cooking. That's really interesting. The human guy, like, having a fucking, is he the son of the great chef or not? And hooking up with Janine Garofalo. Couldn't give a fuck. Don't care. But I watched the rat cook, like, for hours. That's is fine. It, is it Patton Oswalt? The rat, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um... Yeah, I mean, he's really good in it as well. His enthusiasm fucking, like, just lights up the screen. Uh, he, he's fantastic. Um, and, and, and yeah, I mean, I, the rat world in it's fantastic. And not not all humans are bad. Like, the, the, human, and, the human antagonists are great. I mean, um, Peter O'Toole is um, Anton Ego. Um, I mean, it's, it's a little bit Brad Bird kind of, like, being a bit 
sniffy about critics, but I do like the the idea of um, critics actually, you know, maybe uh, 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 trying to be there to be a, a, a force for good instead of just writing shitty reviews. I, li- I like the, the resolution of that arc. I mean, so, yeah, Ratatouille, it's not, it's not a perfect film by any fucking stretch, but and it does kind of feel like it pulled pulled its punches and got a little bit um, gun shy with the uh, involvement of so many human characters, but it works. Um, Okay. Wally, uh, which it, I mean, it it remains pretty great. Um, It's up until humans are introduced. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking cliff. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't say it goes off a cliff, um, but it is, it is a shame when they um when it when the humans turn up and Wally slightly becomes a side character in his own film. I turn it off now once it gets to that. I love the first really? half an hour. Honestly I I adore the first uh, half an hour forty minutes of Wally. I think it's I think it is some of Pixar's finest work. But I cannot watch it um when once the humans get in. I I, I think it is just so catastrophically bad once they come in. It, it, it makes no sense, and it, it ruins what what looks what is being an, an incredibly beautiful movie. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not going to go that far. I, I certainly don't think it's as strong, like and nearly as strong. But I I, I wouldn't go that far myself. Um. Uh. Yeah, and I watched um Up, uh, which I haven't seen since the cinema. Um. You've never and seen it, you've never seen I've it. Not seen Up now. No, I mean, it's the first 15 minutes or so, if it was like a short film, would actually be perfect. Like that, you, that it would be per, a perfect piece of short film. Mm. Um, the rest of it isn't as much, frankly. Um, I know a lot of people really hold up up um, as, uh, you know, as transcendent. I mean, it did get nominated for Best Picture, not just Best Animated Feature, but Best Picture. It, it's a very much loved film. Um but it's it's a film that has talking dog a talking dog with a squeaky voice being a joke, um, and I don't know dogs flying biplanes, uh, which is very goofy. It very much can't decide whether it wants to be goofy or whether it wants to be really emotionally crippling. Mm. Uh, I mean, it, it like the. the the first 15 minutes or so, it is so fucking beautiful and sad. Um, and there are moments in the rest of it that attain that as well. But it's, it's, it's a Pixar film, which, you know, has to, it deals with big themes, but then has to go overly cartoony with a lot of the other stuff because, you know, kids, are the prime are the target audience you know up is one whereas it feels like there's about a a quarter of up which is distinctly for adults and there's three quarters of it which is a very distinctly just a kids film right um and there are there are elements of that kids film i do very much like but there's a lot of elements where it kind of almost feels dreamworks uh like bad dreamworks um but when it and, and I mean the thing is it does kind of blow its load with the first fifteen minutes. Um, that but that first maybe twenty minutes I, it's exceptional, 
absolutely ex- exceptional. Um, but yeah, um, so this leads me to uh, Inside Out, uh, which is directed by the same guy, I believe, who directed it up, Pete Doctor. I think I'm right in saying that. Um, and basically is like up, except the it, it kind of feels very much less cartoony. It certainly has those moments, but it's not it, it, it not nearly as poor. Um, it, it like the the cartoony stuff in Inside Out works perfectly well. I mean, if you're gonna have a critique about Inside Out, it's the fact that it doesn't actually feel like a feel, a kids film. Uh, in in all honesty, I mean, there, there are certainly moments, but it feels like the first Pixar film, which. It, it kind of feels like it, 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 it's not an adult film that's been whittled away to a kid's film. It's a kid's film that's been whitt- like kind of whittled into an adult's film. Um, and it, I mean, it's kind of fascinating for it. It's, um, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, basically it's a, it's about emotions in a little girl's head. Uh, she uh, gets moved away by her family quite suddenly, I think as well. And um, she's kind of, entering her teenage years and sadness starts to play more of a role in her life and uh, joy, um, which has kind of been the controlling factor in her life up to that point uh, is uncomfortable with this. But the, the whole film is basically about being okay with letting childish things grow, uh, go, um, realizing that it's okay to leave things behind, but also realizing that, you have to have sadness in your life in order to be a fully functioning human being. Hey, kids! <laughs> you know, you know uh, it, so uh, it's... But it's really fucking colourful. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is. It's really, really colourful. It does have goofy stuff in it, but it kind of feels like you have to have that goofy stuff, otherwise it would be like Lars von Trier for kids. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm over egging the pudding a bit there, but um, it's kind of like I, I by the there, there were moments in it that were pretty fucking gut punching. Um, there's an imaginary friend character who plays quite a pivotal role who hasn't appeared in any of the marketing, and the the arc that that character goes through is genuinely one of the most heartbreaking things I've seen in a long time. And um, it, it it is kind of one of those things where it's like, yep, cinema, cinema's okay. Cinema's absolutely fine at the moment. Thank you very much. Hmm. Um, and, and, and yeah, I, I found it incredibly profound. Um, I, I, I found it more emotionally and intellectually stimulating than 95% of all films, uh, you know, not just kids' films. It's whip smart. Um, it, it's got some really, it has got some good jokes in it um, and some good comedy. Again, kind of feels more like for adults. Uh, there's a sequence in it where they go into abstract thought, which will make absolutely no sense for anyone, probably like to an extent, probably less than like university age. But it, it but it looks. It looks funny, you know, uh, uh, but uh, that, that's the thing, you know, but it, it, I don't know. It, 
it doesn't feel like it's talking down. It doesn't feel like it's pandering. And it certainly doesn't feel like it's lazy, which, um, you know, is something lazy is certainly something you could have thrown at Pixar the last few years. Um, and it, it gives you renewed hope. Um, I, I, I mean, I, it's up there with Toy Story 3 for me as um, being my my favourite of Pixar. Um, and I, I think it could be it could uh, leapfrog that in, in future viewings. It's um it's a film I very much look forward to watching again. Um, but I know that when I watch it in like 10 years or so, it's going to absolutely fucking destroy me. Um, so. And I don't know, it, it, it just there's moments of insight in it. And um, apparently, genuinely, a lot of it in terms of like brain processes and, and co- like concepts about thought, apparently a lot of it is actually quite psychoanalytically accurate. Mm. Um, and and I, I, I just find that really interesting. It kind of almost sounds like it's pretentious, but you watch it and it's just it's not. It, 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 I mean, it's my favorite film of the year so far. Um, I, I'd, I'd be perfectly happy with it being my favourite film of 2015 when it comes down to it. And, um, yeah, I think it's actually a pretty stirring and important bit of work. Um, and hey, Amy Poehler's really good in it. Amy Poehler's a voice. She's really good in it. Yeah, she'd have to look at her face, that's why. What else have you been watching, Mark? <laughs> um... I, I've had a, a, an incredibly uh, busy week, so I've not actually caught that much. I, I did actually. I rewatched Sabotage. Um, of course, you did the other day because because I wanted to see if if, if essentially if I was just if I did have like a stroke on that particular day uh, that I watched it twice in a day. Um, well, you, did, you certainly had a stroke. Yeah, I did of a different kind, um, and there are many strokeable moments within that movie. Um, but yeah, so I, I rewatched Sabotage, uh, the David Ayer um, action masterpiece. Uh, and no, I, I didn't didn't have a stroke that day. I still think it's a fucking great movie. <laughs> um, still think it is fantastic. Still think that if that fucking movie was made in 1974 or 1984, uh, people would be saying, oh, why has Sabotage got an Arrow video release yet? Or people would be clamouring to buy the Arrow Fuck video release. Fuck And it's a fucking... It, it is batshit insane. It is mad, that movie. I think it is fucking great and do you know what what makes it better the fact that no fucker else likes it just makes it better for me fucking terrible i'm happy to go to bat for that fucking movie fucking terrible it's fucking brilliant it's fucking terrible mark yeah just just why because it's not colorful and about emotions fucking give me give me batshit nuts that's what i go for No. It's fucking terrible, Mark. You, you didn't dislike it that much, did you? It, no, Matt. Wasn't it... I swear it was in my bottom ten of the year. That's fucking harsh. No, it's not. <laughs> that is too harsh. Um, I just... Uh, before we start recording, I just uh, watched Stakeland. Um, well, the second time I've watched it. Um, watched it when it first sort of came about. Um, it was the second movie, I think, from Jim Mickle and Nick Dimitri, I think, wasn't it? Um, uh, yeah, after Mulberry, Mulberry Street. Street yeah. Yeah. Uh, by, by the way, yeah, Sabotage, I'm, maybe I'm over-egging that a bit, but it's like, it's a bad fucking film. The, 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 the great moments of Sabotage, it's still, I think, is still wonderful, it's still glorious. It's the fact is, the whole fucking premise doesn't actually make sense. 
because they blow up the fucking money. So how the fuck do they know they stole $10 million of it? That's a very good point. It makes no fucking sense. And also, uh, the, there's... there's um, what's her name? I can't remember her name that was in it. Uh, the lead actress. Fuck, what's her name? Olivia Williams. Olivia Mariel Williams. Yeah, Olivia oh, Williams. Okay. Um, her accent is just fucking all over the place as well. It's brilliant. She's she's got about eight different accents in it, and it's just fantastic. So anyway, going back to Stakeland. Um, yeah, it, it's their second movie I think that they did together. Um, and it's ninety eight minutes long. I think it costs a little over five hundred thousand dollars. Um, it looks fucking great. Um, for you know, for the for its budget, but it's it's just a really really great film. It's their clan. Uh, I'm taking it. You have seen it, haven't you? Yeah. Stay yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Nick Dimitri is is fantastic in it. You know, he plays that kind of um, the, the father figure, almost like big big brother figure. You know, where he's he's kind of standoffish and a bit, you know. But he's still got that protectiveness towards him. Um, you, you think with the phrase state land that it would be a little bit kind of um, sort of a bit more goofy than it is, but it isn't. It is a deadly fucking serious movie, but also still happens to be a, a, a genre apocalypse, you know, vampire movie as well, all at the same time, all, all rolled into one. Um, and it, it, it's great the fact that these two guys have, have since then have gone on to do, you know, other sort of interesting works together you know we uh, neither was one i think massive fans of um their version of uh we are what we are um yeah. I, I wasn't a, just didn't it didn't connect with me i didn't think it was fantastic but i didn't really like the original uh we are what we are but cold in july was a you know is a is a great movie um yeah. you know it's in you know they're a sort of duo where you look forward to to what they're going to come up with next because you know, I think Jim Mickle's got a, a film coming out soon that isn't co-written with Nick Dimitri. Then they've got another one coming out. Then Nick Dimitri was in the um, late, phases, late phases, which yeah. you know I rewatched a couple of weeks ago, and he's, he's fucking great on a rewatch. I you know I really enjoyed it the first time round, and I enjoyed it more the second time round. Um, but yeah, it's Stakeland. It's one of those where it, it's. I think it should be held up in, in, in high regard in, in terms of sort of modern. Um, it's five years old, I suppose. Sort of modern horrors uh, is without question one of the, the the sort of top end of them, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan of Stakeland. Actually, it's um, I, I don't know. It kind of seems like it's as concerned with being a road movie as yeah. it is with being a horror film, and that yeah, that that one take bit with the vampires dropping down, that fucking yeah. Oh. That's great, and, and to to get a scene that a, a scene a sequence that looks that good uh, on that level of of, of sort of budget um, is is pretty incredible, you know. Because it's just the great thing there is it's essentially it's a really powerful light probably hooked up to something like a fucking fishing rod or something like that, and a helicopter noise, but. It's in your mind. They're in a fucking helicopter and they're throwing out fucking vampires. Mm. It's you know, it's 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 smart filmmaking. Um, For sure, man. Yeah. And you know that's that's why you know that Jim Mickle's gone on to do 
sort of other kind sort of smart movies and is you know he's carving himself a nice little niche out there as as a director where you know in 10 years time he's gonna have a really fucking solid body of work um and you know it's it's good that we've got those kind of directors out there that are you know that are on the peripheries of, of what we consider mainstream but are still churning out great work and then at some point somebody will go fuck it give them 50 million and see what they can do you know, yeah. uh, they, they, you know that that will you know, 50 30 40 maybe even 50 yeah but it is you know that that, that will happen at, at some point you know it's it's good that we've got Darrett's out there um, and it's not just everything that's been run by fucking studios and prestige pictures. Um, and the other thing I watched was, uh, we were, I was talking last week, I spoke about a few films that were kind of linked in terms of their um, their themes with um, Boys in the Hood, Menace Society and um, Fresh. Fresh, Incidentally, yeah. uh, Fresh is on US Netflix now. Um, it's on there, mm. uh, a really nice looking fucking copy of it as well. A lot better than the shitty fucking DVD rip I watched. Um which was fucking insane, the fact that I was really looking forward to watching it and then I had to watch that um, copy of it, and now it's on in HD on fucking Netflix US. Um, but another film that I mentioned um, when I was talking about it last week, and Noel mentioned it as well, was uh, New Jack City. Um, so yeah. I, I rewatched New Jack City. Now, a, a theme of what I was saying last week in, in terms of watching um, those movies in Boys in the Hood and Men Society mainly was the worry that they'd look dated. These were very much, you know, pieces set in their times and you know often these sort of films can look quite dated and with the exception of some of the the fashion choices in uh boys in the hood those films don't remain they don't look dated they do still sort of seem like um great little um pockets of time um and, and they're showing a an idea and uh, what life's like in that time um new jack city looks fucking aged to fuck <laughs> really fucking just really has, has aged horribly so horribly i mean it, it is new jack city has aged as horribly as wesley snipes credibility has aged it's fucking it's brutal uh how i mean it's not by Van peebles um and it, it, it's there's some interesting kind of shots in it where you know It'll film things on a slight ajar um, to, to where they are, so you're not looking at it um, as a flat picture. It's it, it slightly to a, to an angle, which is clearly a stylistic choice. But then you look at it going, ah, literally, have you just have you just tilted the camera at the side? Is, is that the level of? I want to do this because it, it makes no sense a lot of the time there's nothing else kind of interesting going on with it the story of, of new jack city is uh, you've got um character nino uh, brown played by uh, wesley snipes uh, and um his gang who are called the cash money brothers um, <laughs> have you seen new jack city no the you, cash money brothers honestly they're called the cash money brothers oh, that's fantastic um what they essentially what they essentially do is it's they're um, cocaine dealers uh, in the um, late 80s. Um, and one of them um, starts kind of investigating this, this idea of this new drug, this, this drug called crack. Um, and um, he, he brings it to Nina and sort of says, you know, we, we need to start looking into this because, you know, we can make it here and we can distribute and everything like that. And Nino Brown comes up with this revolutionary idea of what he's going to do is essentially he's going to take over 
um, a an, an apartment complex called the Carter Apartments, and he's going to take over an entire floor. He's going to cut the crack there, and he's going to sell to the residents of this big, huge apartment block. And the ones who aren't buying the crack off him can either stay and keep the fucking mouths shut, or he'll kill them. And thus, the idea of a crack house is born. Uh, and it makes him a shitload of money. Uh, and then you've got Ice-T, who is from the uh, neighbourhood and happens to be a uh, detective. Um, he's hired by... Uh, he, he's, he's part of a team that Mario Van Peebles forms. Uh, and there's, there's him and um, Judd Nelson, who plays a badass in it, uh, essentially try to infiltrate the gang and take them down. Um, you've got Chris Rock as well, plays a ex-junkie who is sent in to infiltrate uh, Nino's gang. And is, is he one of the Cash Money brothers? He does end up working with the Cash Money brothers, yes. But he's Honestly, not a Cash Money he's brother. He's not a Cash Money brother. No. That's a shame. Um, yeah, it, it's it's still a good film. It's it's a little bit too long and it's only 100 minutes long. <laughs> um, so there is that. That's promising. But it, it it's... If you were to say to me, should I watch Fresh, Venice Society, New Jack City, or, or, or Boys in the Hood? Which one of those should I watch? New Jack City would be last. <laughs> mm. um, it, yeah, it's not aged well at all, is what I'll say. I still enjoyed it, but uh, I won't be... I, I don't think it'll be something I'll ever watch again. Fair enough. I'll, 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 I'll leave it that. That's 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 all I've I've watched. I did actually also watch uh, City Slickers um, because I was incredibly bored and needed something that I could just put on and just have kind of wash over. I mean, I've seen that film fucking many many a time, and it always entertains me. But I've spoken about it on the podcast I think before. Uh, anything else you've you've watched over this past week, then Ian? Uh, yeah, man. A um, couple of things. Okay. I uh, continuing uh, my Bond fun. Um, I, I actually managed to get through two this week. Um, so on a Majesty's Secret Service, which I mentioned earlier on with respect to the music and the, uh, the Spectre trailer, uh, the George Lazenby, uh, Bond, um, the only George Lazenby Bond. Um, I very much enjoy this, uh, very, very much. Mm. Um, after you only live twice is, uh, terrible casual racism, um, we've got, the most swinging 60s Bond um, <laughs> of them all. Um, the light scheme at times is Barber-esque. Um, Tally Savalas is Blofeld, which is amazing. <laughs> um, I, it's incredible. Um, there's weird fourth wall breaking shit. Like at the start, Lazenby looks at the camera and says, this wouldn't have happened to the other fella. Um, <laughs> which I love the plot is about hypnotised dolly birds um, who are going to go to their areas of the world and somehow make plant life sterile so that crops don't grow Um, which Mm. is just mad Um, and it also has Bond marrying yeah and um Spoiler alert, um, his bride dying right at the end of the film. Um, in, in pretty much, yeah, um, in, a, in a moment which I feel is like the most weirdly incongruous ending to a Bond film ever, where she dies, well, she gets shot, 
and a copper like comes along and Bond's holding her and he's quite quiet and he's obviously in shock and he, he's saying it's all right she's just having a rest you know we've we've got all all the time in the world because all the time in the world is like the the song that plays through it and then it cuts and it's a shot of the bullet through the windshield like the the bullet hole through the windshield mm. holds there for a few seconds and then just goes da 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 and it's just and then the credits start rolling and it's like could, really you're just going to play the bond theme now <laughs> but it it's a really weird like quiet sad ending and then it's just like the jaunty bond theme Maybe slightly less jaunty than usual, but still pretty jaunty. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, so yeah, I mean, it, it takes a while to uh, to warm up to Lazenby. Um, and the film is a little long. I think it's about two hours twenty three or something like that. And it, it it is a little bit right. Let's kind of get on with it. But it, it is in. It, I don't know. The, the plot is interesting. The action's well done. Um, it's just lazy be after Connery is a bit, oh, um, not too sure I'm feeling this, but by the end of it, where he's actually acting, he's, he's pretty good. Um, and then I watched diamonds are forever, which, uh, was Connery's last when he came back for it. And, um, it, it it's just a, a, an appreciable dip in quality. Um, it, it's, it's fine. Um, but the climax is pretty rubbish. The bond girl, Tiffany Case, uh, played by, I can't even remember her name. Um, what is her name? Anyway, never mind. doesn't really matter. Jill St. John. That was it. Jill St. John. Um, she's terrible. <laughs> I mean, really bad. She's kind of like, a, a like, um, like a bad guy who gets turned by Bond, but, she's still kind of like really into money and shit like that. She basically spends the second half of the film comically fucking things up for Bond. Um, and it just, and like there's a moment at the end where she just like falls off an oil rig and it was like, please tell me she's dead and she's not. Um, I mean, she's fucking terrible. It's also the Bond film that has two gay hitman assassins um, in it. And at the end, Bond shoves a bomb up one of their asses, and he makes a fa- he, the look on his face and the noise he makes. He enjoys it. He 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 shoves he shoves a bomb up someone's ass. I I it, I, 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 I don't gay, remember this. A gay assassin's ass. I'm gonna have to see if it's on YouTube. Wow. <laughs> Bond, ass, shove. Diamonds are forever. Let's see what happens when I put that into YouTube. A, a, a whole lot could happen when you put that into YouTube. Um, no, weirdly, one of the other bits comes up. Okay, bomb ass, bomb ass bond, <laughs> bond bomb diamonds are forever. Yeah. Okay. Ah. Oh. It's like the whole scene. It's just I think you should see this. Um, oh, fucking hell, I've got to watch the 20-second Barclay card ad first. Um, so, 
yeah, I, I, I mean, th- and the, these two hitmen, they're actually like quite interesting and in just what the shit kind of characters. Um, right, here we go. We're getting to the end now. Oh, no, it's Snickers. All right, fine. I think it Barkley Cox was Rowan Atkinson, I think. Um, right. Yeah, okay, right. Watch it from about the 2 minute 40 mark. I'm just going to paste you the link now. Yeah, all right. Um, 2 minutes yeah. 40. Right, so about the 2 minute 40 mark on this. Right. Don't worry, people. I'll, I'll, I'll edit out this massive break. Sorry? I'll, I'll edit out this break while I'm watching this if, if I actually remember to edit it. Two minutes forty. Okay. Well, he certainly left with his tails between his legs. Oh, yeah. That's wow. That's that's a that's that's wow. That's a fancy pose, isn't it? Yeah. And a noise. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now. It's just like, like, what the fuck are they thinking? It's, do you know what? You know when people say about Bond movies and say, oh, you know, they're a, they're a product of their time and everything like that. I do imagine if, if I was watching them back, like you're, like you're doing at the moment, I would be just go, I would just be going, this is just fucking awful. That, like, yeah, there are moments that are really embarrassing, really embarrassing, and that's one of them. You can see why some people just literally will not jump on the Bond train. <laughs> no, totally. I, like, I, I genuinely don't begrudge anyone who doesn't like Bond. I, I absolutely see it, you know, and um, I, it's just like you get something like Honor Majesty's Secret Service where Diana Rigg actually is a really vital part of that film and she's capable and, and you could see why Bond would fall for her. And then you've got a film like Diamonds Are Forever where um, I, the, the, the Bond girl is beyond useless and he shoves a bomb up a gay man's arse. Mm. You know, it, it, it's... These things are embarrassing. Yes. You know, um, but I mean, it is what it is. It's it's Bond. Uh, so yeah, Diamonds Are Forever. And uh, lastly, I watched uh, Insidious Chapter Three, uh, which I didn't think was that bad. It's not great, uh, but it's it's not that bad. It's I enjoy the campy fun of the first two more. This is kind of more straight up generic horror film. But Lynn Shay actually gets quite a lot to do in it, which I uh, which I appreciate. And there's a couple of good scares. Oh, is, is that, that worth quite? I've watched it yet, you see, but um, so is, is it worth? It's all right. It's all right. I mean, it's uh, Lee One L um, who wrote the first two. He writes and directs this one, and you know, he's he's obviously got an eye, you know, and um, he gets a couple of decent moments. But like I say, I prefer the campy fun of the first two. Like ch- Chapter Two is mad, and I I kind of love it for it. Yeah, we we we, we called this, didn't we? That, that Lee One L would would end up what is it directing and, and writing this one? 
Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's. It, I mean, it's 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 decent. It's not amazing. I know Noel like turned it off after the first half hour, and I can see why you might do that. But I thought it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cool. Uh, I, I, it's one of those ones. I, I enjoyed the first two, so I'll, I'll definitely give it a go at at some point. But it's just it's when I get round to it. I'm yeah, not, it's not one you need to rush. I'm out not to, chomping yeah. at the proverbial bit for it. As they would say. Uh, yeah, so is that is that everything oh, from your yeah. end? Oh, yeah. Cool, right. We do have one question. Uh, TGP73, the Ginger Prince, uh, says, Mark, Ian and Noel have to fight each other in the ring. Who wins each of these three bouts? <laughs> I'd win the first one. I'd get fucked in the second two. I would go all out, all guns blazing. I'd knacker myself out. <laughs> Fair enough. Um... I I I I have no idea. <laughs> I think it would be the most, it would be the the most kind of tepid fight you could come up with <laughs> for all of us. None of us are really brawlers, are we? I, I if you gave me a couple of minutes, I could I could wail away like on you pretty pretty good, I think. Yeah. But after that, I I, I would just knock myself out. <laughs> yeah, it would be it would be amusing, is what I'd say on that one. On that one, it'd be quite a lot of fun. I I I I, I think Noel an old round two, but then he's old, so he'd, he'd get tired. And I I think I don't know. I think you'd stick it. I think you'd stick it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that is it. Sadly, no. I think your 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 fighting days are over, buddy. Um, cool. Um, so we're covering Mission Impossible uh, next week. Uh, hopefully, it'll be a whole show of impossible missions uh, for us to discuss. Um, Ian, uh, anything else you want to add uh, for this week? Um, no, compadre. I think I'm good. Cool. Uh, yeah, um, a really good show. Really enjoyed this one. Um, yeah. Very glad that you that you that you really enjoyed uh, Inside Out. It's nice that that you know that you mostly managed to get a film where it sports you and it's you know it's it's nice to have a film where you go. You point it and go, yes, that is my fucking number one film of the year. It's a, mm. it's a fucking cool thing. That's why why we do this shit, you know, is, uh, is to have uh, those, those emotions. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm glad you enjoyed Southpaw. Thank you. I just, I knew you would. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's good when those kind of, those, those things kind of combine and you, you're not disappointed. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, uh, uh, nope, nothing else to add. Oh, I will add one other thing. Um... I, I have realised that a day hasn't gone by that since the Suicide Squad trailer came out that I haven't watched it. That's pretty impressive. It, it is. It, for some reason, I just, I just keep fucking watching it. Um, and the more I watch it, the more I go, oh, it's over a fucking year until that movie comes out. Mm. Fucking hell, I want it now. And I'm also... I have a theory on what what's going to happen in it. Um, <clears throat> and I'm... I, my original sort of reservations about uh, Leto's Joker are now pretty much abated. To be honest, I'm I'm very much like, no, do you know what? Yeah, if they're going the way I think they're going with it, I'm very much on board. Hmm. So yeah, I was already very much on board anyway. <laughs> do, do you want to say? I. I think that the Suicide Squad are being um, assembled to go in somewhere after the Joker, mm. and I think that that's that's the that's the route they're going to to take um, with it, which is actually really fucking. If that is where they're going, it's really incredibly interesting when you mm. think about it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I 
but even if not, I, I still think it's going to be a great movie. Um, so yeah, uh, that was episode 120. We hope you enjoyed listening to it. We had a fucking great time recording it, and we shall see you next week with Impossible Missions. Nice. Have a good one, guys.